grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. Amen. Text for our meditation this evening as we celebrate and contemplate the festival of St. Simon and St. Jude, the epistle reading. 1 Peter 1, 3-9, especially these words, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, one word that sticks out in this text, I think, more than any of the others. Inheritance. Doesn't that perk up your ears? Inheritance. Have any of you ever received an inheritance? We don't need to see a show of hands. It's a big deal. It's a big deal to receive an inheritance. Maybe sometimes you sit around and you dream about that long lost relative that you have never heard of or seen leaving you a pot of gold at the end of your rainbow. It was many, many years ago. My dear great uncle Johnny. I didn't really know him very well. When I was small, we would go and visit. Uncle Johnny was a bachelor, a bachelor farmer. We'd go there for birthdays. The only thing I remember is that after a beer or two, great uncle Johnny would break out the accordion and we had a party. My dad lived with my great uncle Johnny for many years. Uncle Johnny was a uh, very thrifty farmer, you might say. He would hire out my dad to pick corn by hand, and then he kept 50% of whatever my dad earned. I kind of forgotten about great Uncle Johnny until the letter arrived in the mail. Had to show up at the courthouse. West Point, Nebraska, Cumming County had no idea except that it concerned the estate of John Poppy. So, my wife and I went. We had no idea what this was about. It seems that dear old great uncle Johnny died without a will. And according to the laws of the state of Nebraska, at least at that time, Everything went to, well, he wasn't married, he had no kids, went to his brothers and sisters, of which there were eight. One of which being my grandpa, 
who died shortly after I was born in 1959. So his share went to his kids, of which there were six, one of which being my dad, who was also deceased. So that's why I got the letter. Long story short, I received one 192nd of Uncle Johnny's estate. In 1980, 81, a check for about $4,000 was a lot of money. What I really wanted was his accordion. Instead, we named our second son, born just a few months later, John. An inheritance is kind of an exciting thing. And here, God is teaching us about an inheritance. But it's not silver or gold or land or animals or a vacation home or any of that stuff. It's an inheritance that we all too often take for granted. Now, what needs to happen for an inheritance to be an inheritance? Ponder that for a moment. First of all, somebody's got to die. And for it to do you any good, you have to be named in the will. And if there is no will, you have to be a part of the family. That's how it works. That's what an inheritance is all about. So listen here to this inheritance that God has for each one of you. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, remember mercy is not giving us what we deserve, which is the fires of hell. He has caused us to be born again. Born again, this is baptism talk. Born again, a new family identity. Born again. Into what? To a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. For an inheritance to be an inheritance, somebody has to die. And that's exactly what Jesus did. Jesus shouldn't have had to die. The wages of sin is death. Jesus committed no sin. But Jesus, in God's great mercy, came as our substitute. Jesus, in God's great mercy, lived a perfect life for us. Even though Jesus committed no sin, he took all of our sin into himself, onto himself, all the way to Calvary's cross. He bled and died the death we deserve. Jesus died on a Friday we call good. Really died. Stone cold dead. Now, 
We know that's not the end of the story. God's word teaches us this as well. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. My friends, Jesus has conquered sin, death, and the grave for you. He did it not with gold or silver, but with his holy precious blood and his innocent suffering and death and his glorious resurrection from the dead. This is God's work of mercy for you, the gift of Jesus and all that Jesus has done. And so, what does God continue to do in his mercy? He gives it away. He gives it away. Everything that Jesus earned through his Good Friday death and his Easter resurrection, he gives to you in the waters of holy baptism. You are literally born again, a new identity. God's name is placed on you. You are one of the family. You are born again into a living hope. A living hope. What do you hope for? Well, up until about four days ago, many of you were hoping that it would rain. And now, after three days of rain, many of you are hoping for sunshine. Some of you might be hoping for a big red victory on Saturday. Some of you may be hoping for a good grade on that big test this week. Or healing from a terrible disease. Hoping that this 20 month long COVID nightmare would be over. Hoping that you win the lottery? We have a lot of hopes, don't we? Some of them are pretty serious. Some of them aren't. They're not that important, not in the grand scheme of things. Hope, by definition, the, the normal Webster's Dictionary type definition, is a feeling of a desired outcome that you want to happen. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. That's the whole subjective nature of a hope. That's why some of our hopes are nothing more than pious wishes, or false hopes, or pipe dreams. When God uses the word hope, he uses it in a completely different way. The outcome is guaranteed. When God teaches us here about hope, it's an absolute done deal. How do you know? Because of the death and resurrection of Jesus. God's stamp of approval on the hope that he gives. So, what is this? Hope. 
Is it the forgiveness of sins? No! The forgiveness of sins is yours, full and complete, in and through Jesus. What is this? Hope? An inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. My friends, this inheritance, eternal life, is our hope, is your hope. That's why we come to church. That's why we hear God's word. That's why we eat and drink Christ's body and blood. This world is hard. This world is full of suffering. This world is at war with your hope. Peter wrote this letter, this epistle, in one sense as kind of a baptism manual, kind of an early catechism. But he wrote it to people who were suffering. Suffering tremendously. Suffering mostly because they were Christians. How easy it is for us to lose hope. How easy it is for us to have our hope on the wrong thing. Like dollars and cents and gold and silver and all the material things that God has blessed us with that instead of receiving them with joy and being good stewards of them, we turn them into false gods and false idols. My friends, today, God's Word teaches us that this hope, everlasting life, is no false hope. It's no pipe dream. It's real. And when we know that it's real, when we believe that it is real, we are filled with an inexpressible joy, joy upon joy. And we know that God's promise to keep us, not only to give us faith, but to keep us in the one true faith is real. All of the attacks of the devil, the world, and our flesh coming at us. Jesus takes the hit. Once and for all. God promises in his word strength and encouragement as we daily fight these battles. As we daily struggle to not lose hope. Oh. If only I could see Jesus. If only, if only he were here. If only he could speak into my ear some, some word of encouragement. Verse 8. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with Joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Why? 
Because you are obtaining the outcome of your faith. The salvation of your souls. My friends, when things are going well, there's always a temptation to turn our backs on God, His Word, His gifts. We don't seem to need Him. Everything's going just fine. And when trouble strikes, there's another temptation. We fall off the horse on the other ditch. When things go bad, when trials come our way, we blame God. God, why did you let this happen? My friends, hear the Word of God for you tonight. In His great mercy, He has given you an inheritance that will never spoil or perish or fade based on the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing or no one can snatch you out of the nail-scarred hands of Jesus. This is your hope, and this hope is guaranteed and sealed in the blood of Jesus. Don't turn your backs on God's Word. Stay connected to Christ and His Word. Feast on His body and blood often. Hear those sweet words of forgiveness proclaimed in your ears. Join in this joy upon joy with your brothers and sisters in Christ. And God will encourage you and fill you with the byproduct of faith. Hope. My friends, this is God's gift. Hear it, believe it, live it. Amen. Now may the peace that far surpasses all understanding keep our hearts, our minds, our hope in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. We stand and sing the offertory.